This is Mind Salad, a program of diverse weekly discussions about mental wellness with a rotating panel of licensed professional mental health counselors on a variety of mental health topics with guests and information to help you sort through life struggles. The information that is provided on this program is for informational purposes only and is not meant to treat or diagnose any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. This week, your host is Yakita Renfro from New Beginnings Therapy and Healing. Hello and welcome to Mind Salad, a diverse discussion about mental wellness. My name is Yakita Renfro. I am your host and owner of New Beginnings Therapy and Healing here in Colorado Springs. Today, I'll be with you for the next half hour, and today's salad topping topic is mental wellness within an African-American home with my awesome guests, Adam and Star. So I want to say thank you and welcome to Adam and Star for coming in. And if you could just give a brief hello, shout out to everyone here today. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam, and thank you for having me. Hi, I am Star. Thanks for having me. And I'm so excited about today's topic, and I don't want to waste any time. So let's jump right into these questions um, with Adam and my sister from another <laughs> Mr. Star. So today um, we're going to do kind of a Q&A with these questions, and they're going to be presented to both of you. So Adam, because you're sitting close to me, tag your it. I'm going to have you go first with this first question. So prior to engaging in therapy, what if at all, were some of the taboos or those scripts that maybe you told yourself about counseling? Um, prior to attending counseling, I had given up on most of the taboos that I'd been told from outside of the community right. or from the outside community. Um, I had a close family member commit suicide uh, several years prior and wished that person had attended therapy. Right. So it really took some of the restraints off. I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I would be faced with the same kind of problems and not address them with therapy. Mm -hmm. um, it also helped that I went to college and studied some psychology right. and yeah. had friends who were majoring in psychology. So there was less pressure um, of seeking other forms of, of counseling such as the church or right, a close right. family member I would rather pay a third disinterested party to discuss certain things no that is awesome thank you so much and that's pretty you know that's pretty intense having to experience that suicide but seeing the flip side of that of it opening your eyes to say it is okay so thank you for sharing that miss star same question for you sure so for me the scripts i pretty much told myself was that i could never be completely authentic mm -hmm. with the complete stranger and you know telling my experiences and telling my quote-unquote business right right <laughs> um and that i just could not be free in doing that hmm. thank you so so with you having started therapy how did you get past that it was just a breaking point personally for me. It yeah. was just too much um, at one time. And then I had other influences outside like Adam, you know, mm -hmm. um, I knew that he was going through therapy. I had other friends that had gone through therapy. So I just delved in. <laughs> I like that. And so the next question star, we'll keep this one going with you. Okay. Um, with therapy and going to talk to someone about your problems or sharing your story with a stranger, was that ever modeled for you or encouraged during your childhood? 
the only time that I can remember that it was encouraged was I was maybe about 11 years old and I was a witness for prosecution Mm -hmm. um, in a case where someone broke into my home. Yeah. Um, So the court kind of ordered some type of therapy for me and my two sisters. And I just remember being very defiant and very resistant, even at 11 years old. So that says a lot to me about how resistant we are in our community with regard to seeking help and, you know, from a therapist or someone outside of your home or outside of the church. (laughs) And that sounds like some of those barriers that, you know, sometimes in our community we struggle with. Like you said, going outside of the family, that's not what we do. You keep it in the family or you go to church and that's where you do it. Adam, for you, was it ever modeled or encouraged in your youth? It was not modeled. In fact, it was discouraged, Hmm. uh, strongly discouraged. Right. Uh, The whole idea of sharing information outside of the house, outside of the family, outside of the community was considered dangerous. Right. That's a good word. That's a strong word. What, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, any information that's shared can be used against you. Mm-hmm. So I definitely didn't want to put any family business, make it public information, right. who knows who's listening. The problem that I had with that was you share the information with people who know you, they can then take some of that information, mm-hmm. collaborate it with more information, and turn it into a bigger problem. Right. So right. it made more sense to me, um, once I was a bit older and had more freedom, um, I would rather take some of that information and share it with a complete stranger that nobody knows about right. except me. No, and that's that's pretty good. That leads into this next question. So both of you either are currently in therapy or in times past have been in therapy. When you start thinking about when going back when you first thought about therapy, how long did you contemplate making that first step to call someone? Adam, if you could, we'll start with you. Um, I would say the first time I contemplated it was my first year in college. Um, I was 17. I was 400 miles away from home, didn't really know many people, actually had a family member there, but she was kind of off doing her own thing. Right. And it was hard for me to confide in the people around me with certain topics that I felt could haunt me later. Unfortunately, they didn't have many psych services at the school I was attending at the time. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I got back from college and started on my career path and worked for a company that fortunately offered some services. That became a little worrisome as well because I didn't want my employer to know everything either. But at that point, it was a choice of, do I just beat my brains in every night Hmm. or do I share it in the most controlled environment that I could find? Thank you, I like that one. So I want to ask another question with that one. So was there something happening in that school or college environment where maybe you saw other people going, or was this kind of an internal battle and struggle on your own? I didn't know anyone who was actively attending uh, or an active patient, to my knowledge. Who knows? I mean, I may have known a whole lot of people who were, but I uh, I got a lot of good feedback from people who were psychology majors okay that makes sense and we didn't discuss my problems or anything or what i wanted to things that i wanted to get off my chest but we did talk about the process of 
well, this is what psychology is really for. This is why you may want to seek a therapist or a counselor. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly positive. That's good. Okay, that's a nice experience because we don't always get those comfortable, nice experiences to encourage that. Start for you. How long did you contemplate thinking about therapy and making that first phone call? I would say years. Um, Adam and I actually attended a therapy session together, which was my first therapy session, professional therapy yeah. session ever. And but it w it was a um, a Christian based counselor, which I trust me, I have no you know, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but I felt that you know talking to someone that was not a part of the church actually helped me to open up a little more. Hmm. Um, they may have a church background or, you know, be, you know, in the church or whatever, but just having someone that was not a part of that uh, helped me to open up a little more. So to answer your question, it took years after yeah. that. Um, and what made me actually just break down and go was my dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> Adam pushing me to go, but um, in addition to that, the weight yeah. of life, yeah. the weight of everything. I can't do it on my own anymore. Um, so, yeah, that would, that's what pushed me forward. So that statement that you made, the weight and knowing that you can't do it on your own, makes me think that maybe there were some statements that you told yourself for years that caused you to not go to therapy. Is that on the right track that is accurate Be if you don't mind what were some of those statements well it was more so not really statements but what was modeled in front of me yeah. coming up so my dad left right before you know I was six years old so how I saw my mom deal with issues in the home was alone it was always mm -hmm. alone I'm taught you deal with things alone. You don't tell anyone your business. Yep. Um, you cry alone. You wipe your face. You wash your face. You get up and you act like nothing's wrong and you keep going. Yep. So. Oh, please, please. Um, I, I saw the same kind of behavior where uh, we grew up in the same city. And, yeah. Uh, Can you rep that city for us real quick? Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> go Browns. Go Cavs. <laughs> All day, every day. Indians change the name of your team. Um, but it was the same basic situation where, you know, you, you handle it on your own, you tough it out. And right. I watched those same people who were giving me that advice be broken. Hmm. And, you know, go talk to a, uh, a pastor or a reverend. And I knew what some of the reverends were doing. Yeah, yeah. So take advice from someone who may not have their own thing together who isn't trained to handle some of the issues or who has a very specific message based on a specific belief system right as opposed to the therapists that have worked best with me made me explore myself and ask questions of myself i like that as opposed to dictating to me what i should be doing it's more of a there's a big difference between stating morality versus stating right, right. mental health they're they're two separate even though they may they have some parallels i see them as two different things it is it is and they do can they can blur like you said but 
that parallel. It is staying in your lane or being able to merge those effectively and healthily and keyword safely yes. with doing that because you can do more harm than not when you're trying to just flow in one lane. So if you're just tuning in, you're in for a treat. I am your host of, and owner of New Beginnings Therapy and Healing here in Colorado Springs. My name is Yakita Renfro, and this is the latest show on KPPF, Mind Salad, a diverse discussion about mental wellness. And my awesome guests today are Adam and Star, and they're partaking in this Mind Salad discussion with me about mental wellness in an African-American home. And we're here doing kind of a Q&A with these questions and Star and Adam have been so awesome today and we want to just keep that going. So again, this question is for both of you um, and whoever wants to go first with this one, by all means you can. So again, both of you have either been in therapy or currently in therapy. What is it like as a black family and parents going to therapy and modeling that in the homes? Does it feel like pressure or does it feel kind of normal to do that? I, okay. Um, <laughs> at this point, it feels normal for me. Yeah. And I would encourage children to uh, seek out therapy. It's no different to some degree than going to see a physician. Right. Right. So we worry about our physical health. For our children, we should be worried about their, not worried, but we should take interest mm -hmm. in their mental health. We do not necessarily need to be a part of the session, right. but it's good to get a checkup for your your, your children. Um, I think it's normal. And when we look at other communities who are successful in yeah. ways that maybe our community could improve upon, mental health is a central factor. Yes, sir. So with before I have you go star I'm sorry with keep going with that with that last statement Adam what were some stigmas that you see even now even though we're trying to um, expand on mental health and may actually is mental health awareness month so this is I think is such a great and timely topic especially within our community but what are some of those taboos or stigmas that you see within our community or um, communities of color the first one is that mental health is directly related to crazy hmm. yep or snitch yep or uh off or a, a whole lot of insults as opposed to well i go to the gym so i can work out my muscles so i can build a better body i go to a doctor to make sure that everything is functioning properly in ways that i can't see without right expertise and tools and equipment I think therapy is the exact same thing. 100%. You have to get checked I, out. 100%. I like that. Thank you. Miss Starr, same for you. How is it with being a parent and engaging in therapy and kind of going against some of those taboos? Is it easy to model or does it feel weighty again with carrying that? I think I'm kind of with Adam. At this point, it's kind of natural. Yeah. Um, for us to model that in front of our daughter, it's it comes easy for I, I I can't speak for him, but for me, it's easy to model that in front of her because in the back of my mind, 
I want to model something different from her mm-hmm. for for her than what was modeled for me. Um, so instead of hiding in a room and crying like my mom did, not thinking we saw it, you right. know, or heard it, I want her to see me in my broken places. I want her to see me when I'm not dealing with something, you know, at my greatest. Right. I want her to see me. I don't want her to see me broken, but I want her to see that it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to not be well today, but it's also okay to seek help um, for the times when you're down. So So it sounds like normalizing, normalizing therapy and counseling and mental health, just like you would normalize that yearly checkup or that when we hit 40 ladies, it's going to go get that mammogram and getting all of those checks, men, prostate at what age? 40? Uh, yeah, uh, 40-ish, yeah. We're not going to talk about prostates on this show today. That, that's not that's happening. Mental wellness. That's some mental, mental wellness. wellness. Well, that's something that I need to discuss with both my proctologist and my therapist because it's an experience that I don't look forward to. <laughs> moving on. Moving, um. moving, moving on, moving on. I want to go back to the to that contemplating question. Um. So it was one of the previous questions, and we were talking about when you contemplated going to therapy, how long did it take or what was happening then? I'm looking for what were the skills or what tools did you put in place to help you through your struggle during that time of contemplation? Much of it was related to needing, it it was more of a need to be able to function in the work environment that Mm -hmm. I was in. Would I rather talk to a, a licensed trained professional or would I risk behavior that would cause me to be terminated right right <laughs> or or uh, it, it was it was it become a very stressful environment the, the the first time I attended mm-hmm. and I've been in and out of therapy for many years if given the opportunity I would have stayed for the past 20 years, I would have never stopped seeing yeah, a yeah. therapist. Unfortunately, that wasn't an option for a while. Um, but to get me to go, it didn't take a lot of convincing. It was something that I wanted to wanted to do, and the outside world didn't really know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put up a billboard to say I was going to therapy. Right. So, you know, that was kind of my business, um, and I knew it was my business as opposed to sharing information with friends and family mm-hmm. and you don't know who they're going to talk to exactly. about it, who they may act accidentally leak information so my therapist nah there, there was a there was a built-in trust because you don't know my people right right you can't call one of my homies and say yeah did you hear he did such and such and eh. so it it didn't take a whole lot of of prompting on my part. Well, the first time. The several times later, um, I was so consumed with everything else that was going on and figuring I was mature. I'd been mm. through therapy before. I know right. what I'm doing now. Right. False, wrong. So, uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it, it's take a stock of where you are. Uh, make the decision that there are people that can help and then act on it. 
Thank you. I like that. And I like the vulnerability and transparency. I was I was doing a silent clap here when he said <laughs> false, because so many of us get to that feeling when we've been in therapy that, oh, I got this. I've learned all my tools. I can do my deep breathing. And then we leave prematurely in therapy and then it hits us. And then we're back in again and we're in that cycle. So thank you so much for sharing that. Star, same for you. What were some skills maybe that you put in place to help you get through those times when it was weighty and maybe even second nature to do what your mom was doing? I was going to say, if I'm being honest, I really didn't have any skills or be honest (laughs) I didn't have those you know I just went by what I continued to you know go by what was modeled for me Mm -hmm. so I continued to just chug along go to work come home you know go in my room I may periodically journal but it wasn't consistent yeah uh growing up how I kind of got through things was uh journaling but also poetry Mm. so I wrote a lot of poetry and it was kind of heavy stuff you know high school friends would read it was like ooh, (laughs) you know um but that was my way of dealing it was just through writing and then later on prayer or you know but I didn't really have the tools would you say it was one of those I hear this cliche all the time fake it until you make it that is that was me (laughs) how'd that work not it didn't work well at all (laughs) which is why that led me to you (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 sir Adam come on that phrase faking until you make it has always kind of bothered me because only you're only fooling everybody else right if you're successful but the work isn't getting done in your head all you're doing is pretending and how long can you pretend will it ever will you ever make it right if all you know how to do is fake it after a while you don't know which is which right which reality is the real one and which one is the fake one and you end up back at square one all over again with needing the help and support all over again And so I'm going to leave this as the final question to both of you. This has been so awesome, and I'm almost not wanting it to end, but it does. (laughs) So this question, um, if you both could take a moment and think about maybe a nugget of wisdom that you could share and leave here with us to maybe help shatter some of those taboos and increase mental wellness, and I even want to say mental acceptance, not just within our community, but mental health as a whole. What's a statement, a comment, or just some type of diamond in the rough that you would like to share for the listeners out here? Whoever would like to go first, please go. Um, first of all, uh, we are really caught up in celebrity culture. Mm. And we love this, the rich and successful. And if you don't think that those people have a full-time, well-paid therapist, you're wrong. Come on. Most of the celebrities that I, I, I'm really, I don't, singing is a job. You just do it well enough and you get paid well. I don't worship you. I don't think you're anything special. You're a human being just like I am. But you had to do something well to get where you are. And I really know, I, I, it's, this isn't an assumption. This is fact. The most successful people have a staff of people who help them. Yes. They have doctors. Yes. They have therapists. They have nutritionists. They have, you, you look at a professional football player 
and oh yeah, he's got all his life together. Well, he has a whole team working for him. Right. Um, the celebrities that I do look up to often talk about their therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and half the people you know, whether you know it or not, are seeing somebody professionally. So, yeah, you're not the only one. Go get checked out. Go get some help. And some people know they need help. Don't resist it. Right. It's not good for your body if your head ain't on straight. I like that. Can you repeat that last statement? Don't resist your body. You, you, uh, oh, good. We're going to have to re-record. I have no idea what I said. Or re-edit. Uh, play it back. Don't resist uh, your body, body if your head ain't on straight. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good statement. That's a very good statement. And star for you. Well, I would just say that um, don't feed into the thought of therapy is for crazies, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and I also like to quote something from my girl, Yala Van Zandt, <laughs> um, and fix my life. I would just want to put out there that her show for me, it actually helped open up the minds to of um, people in our community. Yeah. She made it okay for us to say, you know what, I need to go talk to someone. But one thing she did say is that a man or woman who is accountable to nobody but his or herself is a danger to his or herself. Hmm. Get help if you need it. She goes deep. She goes really deep. She goes deep. Can you say that quote one more time? Let people think about that one. Sure. A man or woman who is accountable to nobody but his or herself is a danger to his or herself. That's good. Thank you both so much. And again, I am so honored to have had you both here as such a timely topic um, to help kind of break that that wall for us to tear down the wall and to bring and increase that awareness of mental health in the community because you know you both are just two people that have shared some of the stigmas that we've that we've all experienced and we all were in here nodding our heads in agreement because we've heard them so many times so i'm hoping that the more that we talk about this that people become more comfortable to have those conversations like adam was saying about oh i went to the gym and i did 10 reps well i went to see my therapist and we talked about my anxiety you know making it so common that no one feels uncomfortable or moving around in their seats to talk about that so again thank you both so much for being transparent and vulnerable with us here on the radio um, at kppf so i thank you for that and again my name is yakita renfro and i have had the pleasure of being your host today and i just want to put a little plug in for our host for next week's mind salad a diverse discussion discussion about mental wellness will be mr kyle bridgman from project ember counseling and he'll be talking about understanding your why And before we go, I just want to leave you with my reflection of the day. And it's learn to not compromise for anyone, even yourself, because you may be the one responsible for your own gaslighting. And again, I've been your host, Yakita Renfro, and it has been a pleasure. 
Until next time. New Beginnings Therapy and Healing strives to embody the vision and mission to assist and empathetically walk with individuals in this journey called life as they explore, recover, heal, and grow to create the new beginnings they desire to see in themselves. New Beginnings Therapy and Healing is equipped with well-versed staff and clinicians that are prepared to support your mental health journey. If you're struggling and ready to create a new beginning, call today at 719-428-6024. New Beginnings Therapy and Healing. You've been listening to Mind Salad, a discussion of mental wellness issues and topics with a rotating panel of mental health providers. Heard every Sunday at 1130 a.m. on KPPF. And be sure to listen to the podcast on Podbean.